I'll ride movie pass until it goes up in a ball of flames. Yeah, me too. Yeah. That's how I do most things. <laughs> Welcome to Curious Church Podcast. Hello! Hey Hi, everyone. You, you know what I was thinking? I, was, I think we should just go around and give our names real quick so oh, that yeah. people can associate the correct voices with the correct names, because I really don't want people to think I'm Sam. And I think sometimes... <laughs> well, I don't want people to think I'm Aaron. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Every podcast I listen to, if I, if I start a new one, it's always... I can never tell the voices apart. Yeah, especially if it's a bunch of dudes. Yeah. And then, like, uh, after you listen for a couple months, you're like, how did I ever not know the difference? They start to sound so different. But, yeah, anyways, my name's Aaron. I'm Matt. That's not true. (laughs) That was Sam. (laughs) I'm Matt. (laughs) I just sabotaged your whole little plan. (laughs) Let's move right into B. It's my name is Sam. Hey, I'm Aaron. As as long as we're talking names, can I just say this? So, uh, I know... A lot of people listen who I've known for a long time and don't know how to pronounce my last name, which oh, is yeah, un- yeah. understandable. Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of don't know, actually. Do you, do you want to know? I think it's Antoon, like a cartoon. No, okay, I that's don't the, think that's right. That's the common That's the common. Or I thought it was tone because of like music and tone. Yeah, but here's what's confusing. Tone and tune are both musical oh, like yeah, terms, yeah. kind of, oh, so yeah. you can't you really use that. But it is tone, and tone is how you pronounce my last name. So there you go. Aaron... Antone. <laughs> Aaron Antone. Thanks, man. Antone. Antone. So, like, it's a Dutch name. So, in uh, Dutch, that double O makes a long oh, that's O confu- sound. That's confusing. You know how to? You know what might help? What Roosevelt is also a Dutch name. Oh, and we don't say Roosevelt. We that say actually Roosevelt. is really. I do helpful. say Roosevelt though. <laughs> I do. I would like to talk about my name. Beyond I would like to talk about So all my friends out there, I know you've struggled with my last name, and I am sorry. I don't know what to do about it. I well, could you change could the change spelling. It. You change the spelling. I've thought about A-N-T-O-N-E yeah. would be phonetical. Antone. Yeah. No, it doesn't look as good, though. Yeah. That double O does something. Yeah. It's nice. It's weird. It I would nice. like it's to like say... like googly eyes. <laughs> I would like to say that my name is... My last name is Tim's, <laughs> and my first name is not Tim. Tim Tim. I always thought it was uh, pronounced Times. Yeah, yeah. Nope. No. Nope. Isn't it Matt Times? Matt Tims. But people will often call me Tim. In fact, it happened yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> because your last That's name, funny. they call you Tim. Oh, all the time. Like this is this happens <laughs> at least once a week. People are like, oh hey Tim. If they're not you gotta be apparently you gotta be dialed in to call me the correct name. Because people just do that. Every every but a couple times a year I'll get called Anton. 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 Yeah. Like as, like as, as a first, first name. name. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Hey, Anton. Mm. Wow. That's kind of exotic. Yeah. Wow. No one, me- no one messes up my name. At least my first name. Sam. Yeah. Sam. Mm. Pretty easy. Pretty easy. What could you do to mess it up? Put a P in front of it. Sam. Sam. <laughs> Sam. 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 Put a P on the end. Sam. Why are we putting a P? I don't know. Like, why do we choose the letter P? Because <laughs> we have exotic names. Yeah. And Sam. Oh. Can make yours a little more interesting. Sometimes I call myself Schwam. Like I add a W in there. That's, that's W-A-M. A, that's an H-W. Oh, it is? And a W would just be swam. <laughs> no, Schwam. <laughs> schwam requires it's a a. Long, It's a long A. <laughs> Sam, when you introduce yourself and you say your last name, do you do the double R roll? <laughs> Gutierrez. Do you do it or not? I've done it before. Yeah. It's not natural. Right. Like it doesn't, you know, I don't naturally it doesn't have. doesn't come from your soul. 
No, it does not. Uh, I brought donuts this morning, and Aaron has this weird habit of... <laughs> I'll bring a bag habit. of donuts, and Aaron does not want to eat the donut. He only wants to smell the donut. <laughs> and by smelling the donut, he feels as though he has eaten it. He, he visualizes the entire experience. Yeah. I, I can trigger my taste receptors. <laughs> That's a thing, right? Wow, yeah. It's very nerdy. Usually I occupy that nerd space, but you just waltzed into it. Welcome. Well, those endorphins that people get from eating a delicious thing, yeah. Yeah. you know, you can just, if, if you concentrate, you can make that happen in your brain and then you don't have, you haven't eaten. So how much donut. of your life are you actually living? <laughs> and how much are you just walking around visualizing yeah. stuff? He says, oh man, I love to ride my bike. But really what he means is I sit on the couch <laughs> and just envision <laughs> a bike ride. <laughs> I, put, I get a fan bliss blow yeah. in my face. <laughs> he gets up, he's just, he's just sweating. He's going such a good visualizer. <laughs> the, the crashes he's had, he's had have been yeah. really traumatic. He's a squirt bottle. He squirts his face. <laughs> well, if I'm not eating donuts every day, then I don't need to burn all those calories. <laughs> have you been in the backyard playing Super Bowl lately? <laughs> or do you just imagine that you're playing Super Bowl? <laughs> that's an early reference, is, by the way. For That's for our true listeners. Uh, for our true this is when you don't have any friends. You have to do lots of imagining. That's how I got to have such a great imagination. Well, I don't know why people, li I mean, I kind of know why people listen because, you know, there's something decent about what's happening in this room. I feel like yeah. the, the level of conversation is, you know, collegial. <laughs> <laughs> every, every once in a while we dip into something, you know. We lose some decorum, yeah. Is that what you're trying to say, Sam? Would you like to? Would you like me to finish all of your sentences, please? Okay. I'm kind of surprised at like the words that you choose because they're not words that I would choose. Like I would have never thrown out collegial. I like the word or decorum. Was, just saying collegial, which is a great word. Is it? Is that a real word? That's a real word. Okay. Yeah. The reason I don't know. Yeah, where did you go to school? <laughs> the reason I don't know that is because I just realized he never went to school. He just imagined he I'm was the, going to school. <laughs> I'm the least educated person in the room. I have just a mere bachelor's degree. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Uh, of course, it's from a high, you know, highly regarded academic yeah. institution, so it counts probably as two bachelors yeah. from like. Uh, well, a, you've a really, well, you've really taken upon yourself to do a bunch of adult learning. I mean, <laughs> post degree, I mean, you you've kind of started educating yourself, right? Yeah, like you, you know, I read a lot. Yeah, and, get an uh, education from the streets. <laughs> the streets. You're just walking around the streets? Yeah. <laughs> You're just wandering smelling and stuff. Yeah. He's just walking around smelling things. I got my master's from the School of Hard Knocks. <laughs> <laughs> You're one of those streetwise people that I know, Aaron. <laughs> All right, we're going to do a little segment that we have grown fond of. Because it kind of gives us permission to like let out our rage. It's not good to hold this in. It's not good to hold <laughs> no. in. It's not good to hold in. You have to talk about it. Express it. I like chicken and turkey with cheddar. I like a tofu burger, but bacon is better. So what's your beef? Have we ever called out to other people to submit beefs? No. I don't think so. Let's do it. Matt. Okay, you need me to do the official call out? <laughs> wait, Listeners wait. of Curious Church Podcast, this call is going out to you. Send us your beefs. How was that? Was that a good yeah, call? Yeah, that was good. Okay. 
Don't make them too long, though. The call's gone out. Yeah. Because we're getting, we all kind of live in a similar place, and we have, because, you know, we're all at Granite Springs, so we have similar experiences yeah. in terms of our beefs. But I would like to hear beefs from beyond. Oh, beefs yeah. from beyond. Oh, I like that. Feedback segment. Okay. okay. Coming soon, beefs. Beefs from beyond. Or are we talking yeah. about changing this segment to bananas? Remember that? Yeah. That drives me bananas. That's yeah. good too. So we could say bananas from beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I like beef better. <laughs> well, okay. Okay, here's my beef. I'd like to share it with you. Uh, you know, <clears throat> my beef is with uh, this little term called an activation fee, which Ooh. is, I just, so I just paid one the other day. I, I, what did you activate? Well, I got a, I got a new little, um, there's a gym not too far from here, and it's pretty cheap, like, the, like the, the monthly fee, but they don't have a lot of the extra, you know, amenities or whatever. Yeah. So it's pretty cheap. But anyway, so I go in there thinking that I'm going to pay a certain amount, but then I get charged $40 Ooh. for an activation fee. And you know, you know that's just a money grab. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Because it's like, what are they exactly activating? Like they're activating your membership. Which is like hitting hitting a button. It's like hitting enter (laughs) on the computer. Yeah. They have to fill out like a form one time with your info in it. And like but they just do it on the like they, he did it right there on the computer. Yeah, like they, they typing that, in. Yeah, that's like ten cents that they just paid that person to do yeah. that, and they charge you forty dollars. Yeah, I would like to ask a question. Can I ask a question about yeah, this? Yeah. Did, are you going to a new gym because you just got sick of people doing push-ups in the sauna? Was that <laughs> that was, was a beef? Was it? That, that was, was a beef. Oh, that's right. So yeah. is, this a, is this a you know callback moment? No. Yeah, this is a new gym. This yeah, is a new yeah, gym. Yeah. yeah, but I need to do some. This is boring, but I need to do some back exercises because I got some. Yeah, that's boring. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, what's but wrong with boring. your back? Well, it's just I got like some. I got some pain uh, in my lower back, hmm. and so I need to do some back exercises. So, anyways, this was a cheap way to do that. But then I got slammed. I got slapped in the face with an activation fee. Did you? Did that affect your willingness to yeah, be a part of that? Because what gym? happened was I went in there to sign up and then they're like oh there's a 40 dollar activation fee and it just like i got frozen like i yeah. didn't know what to do because yeah. it's like i did not want to pay and so i asked the person i was like is there any way that we can waive the activation fee and he said oh so i'm sorry sir i can't do that did you walk out i did oh nice well i said i got to, i said i have to think about this so then I came back two days later and I did it. <laughs> but it was just like, okay. I was kind of mad and I didn't expect the $40 fee. And uh, I don't know. And I mean, what do you do? You have to pay it. And if they surprise you with it, you feel on the spot. So you're probably more likely to just do it. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm proud of you for walking out. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. Potentially you called their bluff. One time when I was buying my car, we're at the car lot and the guy was like, this is the best I can do. And we said, well, like, Thanks, but no thanks. We're going to leave. And then we're getting up to leave. And as we're leaving, he comes running back from his manager and says, Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, we can do what you want. Because he just spent like a couple playing of hours with us. Yeah, yeah man. So. Well, I tried that and then he just let me walk. Yeah, out the door. well, no. <laughs> I know. In your case, it was not successful, but I'm yeah. proud of you for trying. So then I got like to the parking lot and I got to my car and I looked back and he was still not <laughs> he chasing still, me. He was like, Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> there was no You're, one like, there. Walking super slow, <laughs> looking over your shoulder. I'm like, Any moment now, he's going to come. You paused to scratch your head like maybe you're still interested <laughs> like nope no so they got me yeah they got me fees are brutal but you know it makes me mad it makes me mad it makes me 
Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll do one. Okay. 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 So um, when when things start to really blossom around this area, and I know this is this has happened all over the place, but um, pollens are in the air, yeah. the breezes are flowing. Like when it gets really beautiful. And yeah, when it gets really beautiful, and what you want to do is spend time outside to enjoy it. You can't because you can't see anything because your eyes are full of water. <laughs> I wish it was water. It's just salty mucus. <laughs> oh, oh, this is You're disgusting. sneezing over and over You know and the hell's with that? Like a over. banana salve. Like it, if you mash up bananas and put it in your eyes, it helps actually. <laughs> Please do not follow this advice. You can picture the prickly pollens just poking inside your nose at your sinuses. You can't breathe. You can't eat. You can't see. Wow. Um, so uh, this is the life of an allergy sufferer. This is you. In Are you talking April. about yourself? I'm talking about myself. Wow. Yeah. You although you kind of look good though. Thank you. I found uh, one that worked. The medicine that kind of works. Oh, so, really? But it's just oh, like I'm good. always taking something. So it's like okay, Allegra in the morning, and then there's this in the afternoon. Benadryl. Benadryl at night, and then your <clears throat> sleep is kind of weird. And wow. So uh, you know what drives me bananas. <laughs> Allergy season. Oh, yeah. Allergy season. Man, I don't really have allergies, so I can't really... I used to not also, and that was... I didn't know how good I had it. When did that happen? Like, when did... Um, probably, like, s- 10 years ago, maybe. Wow. What happened? All of a sudden, one allergy season? It yeah. just went... Yeah. It went bananas? Yeah. Yep. I have some... I'm, I have some sympathetics. Bananas. Some sympathetics. Some sympathies, because I, I, have, I have some allergies. I don't think I'm quite to what you're talking about. I can get by without medication, usually. But it just... It does start clogging up your whole sinus system, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, this does not feel good. Mm-hmm. Nope. Mm-hmm. Good beef. My beef. What's your beef? Um, okay, so you have to imagine... You have a... Oh, I'm good at this. Yeah, yeah. Aaron's real good at this. <laughs> Imagine a drawer, and in that drawer, you have a drawer liner, right? Okay. Yep. Does this make sense A so little far? sticky kind of thing? Well, so, far I don't get, a, so far, I don't get why this is a beef, but This okay. is a little theater of the mind, okay? Uh, no, the drawer liner isn't sticky. It just lays on top, okay? So it's All like right. a, th- a sheet of plastic. Okay. And then you put in like a silverware tray, okay? So it's yeah. like, you know what I mean? The thing that you place your silverware in. And then drawer's getting full. When you open it and close it, the silverware tray shifts a little bit. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Which then I I have no problem with silverware, nor it shifting, nor a drawer opening and closing. These are all things that I expect. What drives me bananas is the drawer liner getting bunched up at the back of the drawer as the thing shifts. So I open this drawer and there's no drawer liner at the front because it's all just inches of it smashed <laughs> up in the back and i try to fix it i i mean obviously one solution could be stick it down well these aren't liners that i place i put in place and it's not i don't own the the kitchen so i want to be cautious about long-term damage there's probably a very easy short-term fix that would take care of this but let's pretend that there's not <laughs> because my beef is the drawer liners bunching up at the back of a drawer mm. Mm. yeah that's good yeah hey matt yeah. Have you tried uh, relaxing? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this segment is supposed to be a place where we share how we're feeling without correction or review. And every or time, judgment. Or every, judgment. Or judgment. Is every it, time you judge me. Is this every a, time. I, while I can sympathize, is it an actual inconvenience for you? Or is it just that things aren't just so? 
Do you know yeah, what I yes. mean? Yes. I mean, admittedly, oh, I can have a beef because something isn't just so. Yeah, right? oh, yes, That's for a, sure. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I yeah, want yeah. to make sure I wasn't missing the spirit of the segment. <laughs> but no, it, it causes me no inconvenience <laughs> whatsoever. I still get my cutlery just as easily as if it was, in fact, perfectly lined. It's just knowing when I open it. Yeah, that in fact that drawer liner is bunched up yeah. in the back. Yeah, I know. Just think about that right now, because you're not at your apartment, but there yeah. is bunched up paper. I'm, I'm trying uh, to. <laughs> it's, it's not paper. It's a plastic. Well, it's, it's plastic. It's, so yeah. right now there's bunched up plastic behind that utensil thing. I don't want to knock down your beef or try to fix it, even though I could. But what purpose <laughs> does the plastic serve? In the first place. In that drawer, I'm not entirely sure. But mm. I think in other drawers, it like will protect the wood of the drawer. I see. Yeah. Mm. And that could be the solution. Just remove the liner. But then things would not be just so because then there would be one drawer that is unlined. And I don't know that I could actually <laughs> handle that, if I'm being honest. <laughs> well, let me summarize our beefs a little bit. I was, I was frustrated because of an activation fee I had to pay. <clears throat> Aaron? Uh, I was frustrated because my life has been made miserable by the, by the air that I have to breathe. <laughs> wow. And mine is basically equivalent because I have drawer liners, one drawer liner that keeps bunching up in the back of a single drawer in my condo. So we wanted to have a conversation today about Pentecost and leading out of Pentecost into what's in our church calendar we call ordinary time. So we've had a number of conversations. I we think this is the best name for a church season. Ordinary, ordinary time. time. I know. We should yeah. talk about that too. Yeah. But we've had a number of uh, episodes. We talked about um, Lent with Father Chris. We've talked about Easter and joy and some of that. And now we move into this kind of what's really the final season yeah. of the church calendar year because the church calendar begins with Advent. So we wanted to talk a little bit about it because it's not really talked about a lot, right? It's a long season. Too, it's, right? it's Yeah, it's most basically the rest of the year until the end of November yeah. uh, runs after Pentecost. So there's, you know, what I, one of the things I wanted us to talk about today was we've kind of a, typically will associate different postures or different um, kind of rhythms or practices with different seasons. So Lent is like a season of repentance and recognizing like our mortality and these things. There are things that we very naturally associate with Lent. And we talked about joy with Easter and Advent has longing and there's kind of these natural things. And then you have Pentecost that happens, which is about the spirit coming. And that's really kind of exciting. And then you just go to ordinary time. Mm -hmm. It's like, what, what are you supposed to do in that kind of in-between, or is it an in-between? Yeah. Um, what I think is kind of interesting is there's these kind of three big feasts, right? So you have the Christmas feast, but then you have the season of Christmas, which is 12 days in the liturgical calendar, and then you have the, the great feast of Easter, and then you have an Easter season, and then you have the third great feast, which is Pentecost, but then you don't have a Pentecost season. It just transitions into what's known as just ordinary time. Which I think is really interesting because it's like, I think that recognizes that, well, yeah, most of our lives are just kind of lived in the ordinary, the ordinary moments. Mm -hmm. And so it may seem like there's nothing special about it. I mean, the word ordinary means just, well, ordinary. Like there's no, 
And in this in this case, it actually is maybe even more boring because I think the <laughs> the reason it's called ordinary isn't necessarily in contrast to like extraordinary. Yeah. But it's really to do with like ordinal like counting because these are just the Sundays you count from Pentecost until the end of the year. <laughs> so oh. it becomes the time in which you're counting kind of the the weeks essentially until you hit the beginning of the church year the next somehow year. the idea of ordinary became even less yeah i know i just lowered, <laughs> lowered. Yeah. well it's kind of interesting to think that ordinary has its own kind of unique feel to it because right like i would typically think okay this is the opposite would be extraordinary mm -hmm. but yeah to think oh yeah we're just talking numbers is what right. we're doing yeah one of Oh, go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, what do you think about this? I saw a tweet from Eric Dirksen, so pastor of Christ Church Davis down the road. He tweeted this. He's shout saying, out to Eric. Yeah, uh, he's a big shout fan. Out to Eric, huge. Oh, fan. he listens? No, probably not. Oh, it's very so. doubtful. But, <laughs> but <laughs> we'll if he ever does, this one. if he ever does, um, he he tweeted this proposal. Let's refer to it as the season of Pentecost, not the season after Pentecost. Going to what you're saying, well, yeah. So instead, because you're saying, yeah, we really don't do that. No. What do you think about that? Is that can he do that? Is that yeah? Can Does he, he just make this proposal? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well, we can propose anything, right? <laughs> and if we get some consensus around it. Does anyone know what's happening in the Orthodox calendar? I mean, it's the same, right? I don't. Well, all right. <laughs> We're well, in agreement. Thing, that we means we have say, no idea, Aaron. The thing we can say about the Orthodox calendar <laughs> is they're going to have a lot more sort of feasts and celebration of martyrs and saints, right? Oh, okay. So those calendars have a little bit less of the kind of drop-off that are less kind of historically oriented Protestant Western calendar would yeah, yeah. Uh, because we don't have that same sort of commemorative rhythm. Okay. Um, that's a good answer. Yeah. I mean, that's better than the answer that I would have gotten from Father Chris if he was sitting here <laughs> slap me in the face or something. <laughs> that would have been a physical altercation. <laughs> Let me read a... Um, so one of the books that we use around here as a resource and reference, it's called Living the Christian Year by Bobby Gross. And um, it's just a really, really helpful book. He kind of takes each season of the liturgical year and it just explores it. And then he has a quote at the beginning of uh, the chapter on Ordinary Time by Lawrence Hull Stokey, Stukey, Lawrence Hull Stukey. And I like this quote. It says, uh, because of what has been made known in Christ, no time can again be regarded as ordinary in the sense of dull or commonplace. The liturgical calendar as a whole exists in large part to remind us that Christ has sanctified all of time bringing us and the whole of our experience into the orbit of resurrection. What we deem ordinary, God has transformed into the extraordinary by his divine grace. So I find that kind of helpful, mm. just talking about, because what uh, has been made known in Christ, um, there is no sense of like, it's all kind of extraordinary. We're kind of living in perpetual resurrection season even though we shift, right? Yeah, but it's a really important shift too because we, we're not living in resurrection season, right? We're living in spirit season. Oh, yeah. Right, Pentecost is a That's really right. critical piece. I was wrong. No, well, I mean, you're right in some <laughs> sense. Resurrection season continues in some sense indefinitely, but the um, Pentecost then is the thing that allows us and empowers us to live into resurrection, right? Yeah. 
So Easter is very much celebration. If we're talking about kind of postures, I wonder if, in some sense, ordinary time isn't the invitation to like go, right? The, the spirit mm-hmm. comes in the book of Acts and then sort of the people start scattering. And even, in fact, at Pentecost, right? The gospel is heard by these people, God-fearing Jews, it says from all the nations, from every nation are there. And you have sort of this instant start, it starts to kind of spread out. Hey, let me read another. Um, so this actual quote is it's from the same book, Living the Christian Year. But this one's by actually Bobby Gross. <laughs> Matt's going to read a little, a little chunk out of this book here, Living the Christian Year by Bobby Gross. Okay. For those first hundred plus followers of Jesus waiting together in Jerusalem as instructed, Pentecost breaks on them in stunning fashion, a roar like a windstorm, bright flames dancing in the air, ecstatic outbursts in unlearned language, an inundation of presence and power. Extraordinary. Likewise, the ensuing scene on the street and the later events in the city, this is the birth of the movement that will change the world. No wonder the ancient church chose to culminate Easter on Pentecost with the celebration of the Spirit poured out by the risen and ascended Lord. Yet Pentecost also marks a beginning, the start of the long season we call ordinary time, long as in six months. Ordinary in that the Sundays are simply numbered and there are no major feasts comparable to Christmas or Pascha. A time, in the words of Wendy Wright, quote, to become attentive to the call of discipleship, both outer and inner. What are we called to do? What are we called to be? If the extraordinary event of Pentecost points the way, immersion in spirit, empowerment for mission, then shouldn't our call to discipleship likewise be extraordinary? Bobby Gross, get this book. Let me tell you, that was just one gem. There are many gems in this book. And you wrote that you read that really well. Thank you. Yeah. That, I mean, that is really good. What but I mean, one of the things is also so when we kind of started this conversation, we we're like, ordinary makes sense, because our lives are mostly lived, feels like in the ordinary. This is saying actually extraordinary discipleship is what our lives look like. What what does extraordinary discipleship lived in an ordinary context mm. actually like look like? Well, here here's a couple of thoughts I have. So I preached on the the, the Pentecost passage a number of years ago. Mm. And two of my brilliant insights were <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to share them now. Oh gosh. Anyways, no. But I did have I did have a couple points. And uh, one of them is that the spirit uh, gets poured out on the disciples and they're empowered. The question is, empowered to do what? Mm-hmm. And you would think that, you know, it means that they become superhuman or they, they, they have super strength or, you know what I mean? Like, but they don't. It's actually like the two things that they're really empowered to do is, number one, to share the good news. And it... It happens in kind of an extraordinary way where they're speaking these different languages, but we we should not get like distracted by that kind of particular circumstance. For us, it's like we're empowered to share the gospel, and that happens verbally. And I think sometimes we can get afraid to kind of to talk about Jesus with our friends, family, neighbors. Mm -hmm. But one of the things is that we need to learn and look for those opportunities in our ordinary lives, in the working and the taking care of kids and doing laundry and just work, you know, just we got to learn how to talk about our faith. And that's one of the things that 
is extraordinary but also super ordinary about mm. Pentecost is the power to share our faith. But it's also the other thing that we learn, which doesn't seem all that extraordinary, is um, the disciples are empowered to share their possessions. Mm-hmm. So they share their faith and they share their stuff, which is like, doesn't seem all that crazy. Yeah. But you think about how actually radical that is in our culture where everyone has their own of everything, mm-hmm. right? Your, your own car, your own lawnmower, your own backyard, your own, like everyone has their own stuff. Right. And we don't want to be independent and, and not yeah. have to. And we actually, yeah. like, you think about how much do you actually share with people, like your possessions? You don't usually, but mm-hmm. maybe Christians are called to hold those things more loosely and to share them more with people. I don't know exactly what that looks like, but yeah. it's hmm. something for us to think about. Like, being an empowered Christian in ordinary time is learning how to share your stuff with people and not get too attached to it and be yeah. like, no, it's mine. Well, what do you think about that? I, I love that. I, I think, think that was, I think I said it better here than I did in my <laughs> survey. <laughs> no, the, yeah. Talking about postures, right. Is one, was one of my first questions, a posture of sharing yeah. in ordinary time is it's both a, uh, well, it's a deeply missional posture, right? That's one of the things that, uh, um, sometimes I've heard about ordinary time is this is the season, it becomes the season in which the church sort of most fully lives into who she is because this is the season in which sort of, um, I think one of your quotes was saying kind of everything has been made known in Christ and now the spirit is given. So this, and it's, you know, it's not that the church kind of has six months of a year where the church is herself and then, you know, then you have six months off as you go through these feasts and have fun and then you come back to mission. But in terms of like our rhythms and practices, and I do wonder what it, what would it look like if we all caught a vision of uh, this season is the season of sort of a missional sharing, mm-hmm. right? It could be a season of like, if you think about like sharing meals together, mm. right? And that just becomes part of the practice of ordinary time is sharing time together or sharing meals together or learning how to like, you know, I think we've all been surprised sometimes when someone says something like, oh, borrow my car. It's like, whoa, yeah. really? Right. You know, like, yeah. like we often have <laughs> interns in the summer and I'm always surprised when people say, oh, I'm going to be gone for three weeks yeah, let the intern use my car. And I'm like, whoa, are you yeah. sure? <laughs> like, are you sure? Like, because that's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just very unusual that we would share our, our possessions. This time of the year does have a, um, um, like a, like a sending component to it. Well, I know we've been talking missional and, and sharing and generosity, but that does, it does feel like okay. We've had these. We've had this celebration of Christ's birth, and we've had this celebration of His resurrection. Now you know the story. Mm. You know, go forth. You know, share. Yeah, be generous and share. It's kind of interesting, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, Aaron, because right now the season it probably happens this way most most years. It's kind of coinciding with the beginning of summer, mm-hmm. and so especially for those in a school rhythm, uh, so parents and children. Summer is like your break. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at least kind of culturally, it seems like summer is sometimes like your chance to get recharged. Maybe you're going to go as a family and have vacation. And I, I know for parents, it's not necessarily a season of recharging because <laughs> of the nature of the kids being home. Mm-hmm. But 
it seems like some of that actually runs in contrast with a season of more intentional sharing, or do you think it doesn't? Do you see those two kind of going together? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I know there's a, there's a little bit of a, I don't know that it's a social pressure, but it's like if you, summers when I was, when I was growing up were, were really a free for all, like there may be mm-hmm. swimming lessons, but otherwise it, you're just like, you'd find friends and ride your bikes and yeah. wreak havoc on, on the town. <laughs> At least <laughs> but, in, in your mind's eye. In my mind's eye, I was really imagining having friends and doing things. Uh, but there's a there's a there's a sort of a different um, side of of the season too, which is involve kind of involve your kids in as much extra stuff as mm. you can. So you know, a week here of a theater camp here, or a music camp here, or uh, you know, swimming extra swimming lessons, and so and there are vacations and stuff built mm-hmm. in. But it does feel a little bit like we turn inwards mm, yeah that's what i was wondering yeah like we we sort of isolate our maybe we do more stuff as a family which is good as a family but it's sort of the antithesis of um of spreading of spreading any you know of community or creating community or spreading yeah. love um hmm. yeah well it's kind of interesting i mean this kind of touches on some of what like bobby gross then talks about like you know here's how we then live as disciples in the world. So we're sent and we go and we're trying to figure out who we are in Christ and how do we live out our discipleship. And so then he talks about these um, rhythms that, that then these postures that Matt has been talking about. And the first one he talks about is world and church. So he says the rhythm here is between our mission in the world and our worship in the community as fellow believers. So that's just one of the tensions that one of the things that we think about mm. is is the world and church. But then he goes on to talk about um, another rhythm is neighbor and self. Either of the two extremes, he says, can underline a healthy rhythm between giving our, of ourselves and caring for ourselves. So it's like, so we think about our neighbor, but also this ordinary time is a time for us to care for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So we love our neighbor, but we also love ourselves mm-hmm. in this season. And then the last one that he talks about is work and rest, which I think is what you guys are trying to get at. Yeah, right. Is that, um, yeah, he says... We tried to get at it. I don't well, know. <laughs> he, well, he says here, he says, we instinctively understand the day-night cycle of wakefulness and sleep and the weekly cycle of work days and weekends. He says, we know our bodies and minds need food and rest in order to be productive, but do we understand the spirituality of work and rest? And how those two kind of play off each other. So it's kind of interesting. So he says, you know, ordinary time is a creative time. And so creativity is often fueled by trying to hold these tensions together. Yeah. And so then he's all about the season of exploring church and world. How do those kind of play together? Um, love of neighbor, love of self. So how do those play together? And then work and rest. And how do those mm. play off each other? So it's kind of interesting to, to have kind of these focus focuses or whatever to kind yeah. of think about the idea of rhythm in spiritual life is totally fascinating to me mm-hmm. um and maybe it's maybe it's a musical thing but it's rhythm i think we're innately created to have rhythm in our lives so not only with in terms of balance of different aspects of our life but also lives but also uh, you know like yeah sleeping waking and sleeping um, rhythms of a week rhythms of a year seasons like this these patterns and, and rhythm all over the place this is a yeah. little tangential but I saw a recently a graph that somebody made an animated graph it was a map of lower Manhattan and then every block 
was represented by a vertical, a small vertical square, if you can kind of picture that. Okay. So as the timeline cycled through a week, it showed the population of Manhattan as people were coming to work and leaving again. So, oh, and it would, it would literally rise like, uh, and the way it was kind of colored, it looked like a heart beating just oh. in terms of people moving through a city. I thought that, that's one of those things that I know that's like the work week might be kind of man made, right? And so there's a little bit of that in it. But the idea of like we work for a while, we go home, we sleep, we go this place, we leave this place um, was just really interesting to me. Like how rhythm is, yeah, it's so natural. Yeah. And to it us. changes every day. Like it's so easy to get out of balance. And just because you figure it out one day and think, oh, that was a healthy balance. Yeah. The next day is completely different. You have to figure it out again. Bobby Gross, then he kind of summarizes it like this. He says, in this season, we settle into the spiritual rhythms, this is exactly what Aaron's talking about, of living as disciples of Jesus. We gather in our churches and we disperse into our neighborhoods. So there's that kind of coming together and going out. He says, we worship and we witness. And then he says, we seek to grow as individuals and we serve the needs of others. Hmm. So it's hmm. not one or the other, but you're trying to grow in both, and it's a rhythm. And then he says, we rest our bodies and refresh our souls, and we set out to do our God-given work. Hmm. So that idea of resting and working. He says, we engage in these rhythms day in and day out, week in and week out. So I, I feel like I would push back maybe even a little bit on Bobby Gr because that's a, wow. lot of, a lot of rhythms. Right. And those are really, those are like, those are tensions almost that any season holds. And I just wonder if, well, at least maybe this goes back to just the question that I was kind of had in my mind is it seems like each season of the Christian calendar invites us to inten intentionally enter specific rhythms. So yeah. not that those rhythms aren't always going on, right? Yeah. Like in some sense, we should always be experiencing repentance or we should always be experiencing joy because of what we know. But we enter this these rhythms in more intentionality. And I would go back, I, I'm not sure if this is as compelling to me as what you're talking about, rhythms of sharing and being intentional about sharing. And it's not to ignore yourself or self-care. And it's not to ignore, you know, your family or these things, but that there is there it's the if we're gonna lean somewhere in the tensions, mm. we're leaning outwards mm. in the season of ordinary time rather than trying to balance sort of the inner outer. Mm. Uh, that feels like there are other seasons where we move inward, and then this is a season where we move outward. I don't know. What do you think? That's I think that's too. pretty good. I just yeah. think you just stuck at the Bobby Gross. Well, I, <laughs> well what, I, what I liked about that quote, I don't know if you can easily pull it up again, but what I was hearing was a lot of uh, kind of the small rhythms that small happen rhythms. in... And especially even in a worship service. So I was hearing, um, yeah. can you mention those again? He says, we gather in our churches and disperse into our neighborhoods. We worship and we witness. Yeah, so we come to God and God comes to us. I mean, there's, uh, we, yeah, we witness. There's small motions of passing the peace in yeah. there. Mm -hmm. uh, we, lead, we are refreshed and renewed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, we're fed at the communion table. Like there, I think I see a lot of parallels with the, with yeah. the service anyway. Yeah, that's well said. I'd love I'd love to just share because um, I was thinking about this this morning and the uh, the ways that we think about kind of the whole church here and some of the rhythms. This is uh, I've talked about this book before, "Sounding the Seasons" by Malcolm Gite. It's a series of sonnets. The first sun the Sunday that follows Pentecost is actually Trinity Sunday, so you sort of kick it kick off this whole ordinary time 
with Pentecost. And then you come to like one of the deepest mysteries of our faith, the following Sunday. But this is the sonnet he wrote, and I think it actually frames kind of part of the season pretty mm. well. I'll read it. Trinity Sunday. In the beginning, not in time or space, but in the quick before both space and time, in life, in love, in coherent grace, in three and one and one in three in rhyme, in music, in the whole creation story, in his own image, his imagination. The Tryon poet makes us for his glory and makes us each the other's inspiration. He calls out us out of darkness, chaos, chance, to improvise a music of our own, to sing the chord that calls us to the dance, three notes resounding from a single tone, to sing the end in whom we all begin, our God beyond, beside us, and within. The image there of singing the song, or joining a dance, this sort of music, I mean, we've been, I think, Pardon the pun, dancing around some of this imagery, and Sam actually in his uh, in his sermon the week before Pentecost talked about the circle dance of the Trinity. But as I was thinking about it, I thought so much of the church calendar can almost be thought of as um, a song that is sung and responded to. This sort of uh, I think that one of the words would be like antiphonal singing. Uh, where you have sort of one part of your choir who sings a part and then another. But sort of this God song, right, that gets sung back and forth. And so as I was thinking about it, we have sort of Advent where we are singing about longing and waiting. And there, and God responds with Christmas, right? Here he, here he comes. And then there's these seasons of God sort of sharing and illuminating. And then there's a season of Lent where we sort of sing our song of sorrow and lament and repentance. And then God responds with Easter. And then we enter this season of Pentecost. And I wonder if part of our song, right, the beauty, maybe the beauty of Pentecost and ordinary time is almost climactic in which the voices come together and the spirit in sort of our melody and we're harmonizing with the spirit as we then go into this sharing work. And then ultimately, of course, ordinary time, the last Sunday of the church calendar is Christ the King Sunday and sort of culminates with again, right, this God word of all things will be made right. But I just like that image of a song and the, the rhythms, where we're even talking about rhythms. We're trying to find the way to sing, to sing the song, to improvise a music of our own that in fact resonates with the music that's been playing the whole time. Okay, so as we enter Ordinary Time, hope, and we'll be a little ways into it by the time people hear this, but... So from our conversation, I'm, I'm guessing we should be generous. We should be sharing the gospel and sharing our stuff. Also, you know, ordinary time is trying to figure out how to be, how to be a disciple in a messy world, how to be a follower of Jesus in a, in a complicated, um, in complicated life circumstances. And yeah. so just asking the question, like, what does it mean to belong to him, to belong to Christ? And what does it mean to be his disciple in very practical ways in the world, in my neighborhood, in my workplace, in my family? And yeah. I think sometimes asking those questions can maybe lead you on journeys that maybe you wouldn't have, you know, thought yeah. of. I think one practical thing that I think you mentioned earlier is sharing your table. 
think that's mm-hmm. a really that's a pretty common thing for people to do in some, the summer season. Like they'll have barbecues or have people over. But what if this year instead of just saying we're having a barbecue, you just approached it? I'm not saying you have a church service, but you just approached it as a family with a, a higher level of intentionality of this is a rhythm we want to enter of sharing our table with people, sharing hospitality, sharing our stuff with people as they come over, because this is something the spirit invites us into in this season. Even just framing that sort of internally, maybe, uh, or, you know, you could share that with your guests too, of course, but a real practical thing of something you might already be kind of thinking about doing. And Matt, Matt would probably never say this, but he wants you to also share your pool with him. (laughs) (laughs) We have people who are very generous with their pools. So if you have a pool, please share it with Matt. Are we going to, we're not going to do another segment? No. No. Okay. Well, I'm Sam. Don't sound so sad. (laughs) We'll do it next time. (laughs) I'm Sam. I'm Aaron. And I'm Matt. Thanks for being curious with us. See you next time. If you want to send us or leave us feedback, you can do so on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash curiouschurch, or email us at curiouschurch at grantsprings.org. And if you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store, we always appreciate that too. Hey, this is Sam. I've written some books and uh, a little bit of curriculum stuff. You can just find it on Amazon.com. Just search for my name, Sam Gutierrez. Hi, this is Aaron. I've written several songs based on the Psalms, as well as a hymns album that you can find on my website, which is haveaseatmusic.com, or at the usual places you find music like Spotify or iTunes. Much of it is free, I think, so please listen and enjoy. Thanks. If you want to find links to Sam's books or Aaron's music or Matt's blog, you can find that in the show notes for this episode.